1: What is going on Colts Nation welcome back to another episode of bring the juice your guys Derek and Cody back from the dead it appears but we are here back for another one guys and I know it's been like crazy with just our schedules with the summer not a whole lot of content to talk about but man we're here Derek my friend it feels like it's been forever since we have talked
2: man how have you been uh you know life is you know going by pretty quickly and I mean obviously it's the same for you right now and uh it's just it's been it's been crummy you know we're at that part of the off season where there's literally nothing to talk about you know we're trying to figure things out but you know as it is i mean we'll we'll make do with what we got but uh yeah i mean life's been good man i can't complain
1: good good same for me life's been good as well just been extremely busy so i mean the fact that we we're able to get this i mean we're recording this literally a, like almost 10 p.m. like that's just kind of how crazy our lives have been as of recent but hey we're back with another one i'm really excited for the topic we're going to talk about today guys and in today's episode we're going to talk about some sleeper players for the indianapolis colts so if you're like what is a sleeper player basically what it is it is a player that maybe a lot of people aren't talking about right a player that a lot of people are kind of like sleeping on essentially right that maybe people don't think they're going to be a factor but we think they might actually be a little bit more of a factor than people are maybe necessarily thinking of them as or not talking about them as so with that being said i believe we have seven players in total we're going to talk about today um you know we have three offense and four on the defensive side of things so with that being said let's actually flip-flop here derek and let's start with the defensive side of things. Let's start with the secondary. Um, Derek, Derek, there's a guy here, second year player now um, out of Maryland, the Colts traded up for in the third round, Nick Cross. And he was a guy that was, you know, had high expectations. He was very hyped up. Like, this guy's going to come in right away. He's going to start. He's going to, you know, I remember some people even saying he might even contend for like rookie of the year on the defensive side of things. Um, but you know he came in, started a couple games, got benched, didn't really see the field for the rest of the season, and he actually opened up a couple weeks ago on how difficult you know year one was for him in a lot of ways. And so Nick Cross, you know, he came in with some high expectations. It looked like he was going to have a big role in his defense last year, but then all of a sudden he finds himself not even really playing snaps on the defensive side of the ball. Um, so now coming into year two, you know, has an opportunity as that number three safety. I mean, we know last year based off of what Gus Bradley did with the safeties that Nick cross, it's probably going to have a pretty decent role. I mean, you know, you look at the safeties the Colts had last year, you know, And really, between Julian Blackman, Nick Cross, and then Rodney McLeod last year, all three of them really had significant playing time. So I think Nick Cross is going to have probably a little bit of a bigger role than people are maybe giving him credit for. And based off of year one, I mean, nobody's talking about Nick Cross right now. It's really a guy that's going to probably make an impact for this team. But he might make a bigger impact, Derek, than we maybe initially are talking about.
2: Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see where the role goes because, you know, you have Julian Blackman and you have, uh, you have Julian Blackman, Rodney Thomas back there, but then, uh, you know, when it comes to everything else going on, I mean, there's a couple different guys that you lost in uh, after this last season, and the room just keeps getting thinner. Uh, and especially after you lose uh, Daniel Scott as well. So it'll be interesting to see how he approaches this. Um, you and I were talking about, again, like how, you know, he was saying how it didn't go as planned for him at the beginning of uh, the offseason last year. I mean, it, it things were looking on the up and up, and then obviously when you get into game time, clearly uh, things are different. You know, it's different when you actually are playing the game. So, It'll be interesting to see how he responds this year, understanding, you know, what happened last year and you know, trying to make it to where uh, he learns from those past mistakes and is able to, you know, just be a better player. And, you know, when that time comes, you know, when there might end up being an injury of some kind, then somebody else is gonna have to step up and be that player.
1: Yep. Absolutely. And he, we know, I mean, the traits are there. We, I mean, he got drafted, he had, you know, in a high nines in RAS score, as Ballard traditionally does. You know, he's a Ballard guy through and through in terms of what he's able to do athletically. And so, you know, yeah, he did have a humbling year in a lot of ways, right? Because I think he probably even thought he was going to come in and probably start right away, but that wasn't the case for him. So, you know, he has all, all the athletic traits. He has another year in the system. He learned probably a ton from Rodney McLeod last year. And so now it's his opportunity to go and make an impact. And I think he might have a bigger one than people are thinking. So Nick Cross is our first player on the list of sleepers. Let's stay in the secondary, Derek, for the second one. Let's talk about a guy that we didn't initially maybe think he was going to have a big role. But due to some circumstances, you know, with guys being injured and, you know, also obviously the Isaiah Rogers situation, Darius Rush. Could be a guy that from day one, Derek, he could compete for a starting outside corner spot.
2: Yeah, it'll be very interesting because, you know, now with this supposed uh, investigation going on with Isaiah Rodgers and a, a pending suspension, which we believe might end up costing him a whole season at least, you know, there is a lot of positions open now for this because obviously you lost Stephon Gilmore, you lost Brandon Faison in the free agency period, uh, this last year. And of course now you lose another cornerback. So, you know, the majority of this secondary, you're running out there with the young guys and, you know, everyone's talking about Julius Brents due to the fact that, you know, Julius Brents was the high second round guy. You know, everyone wants to talk about the indie hometown product. But we're not talking a lot about Darius Rush and, you know, what he, he needs to be, right? And that's the sleeper aspect of this because how does Darius Rush fit into this and how does, how does that end up working, you know, for them moving forward? Does he do better than Brents? Does he do a lot worse than Brents? Does he end up getting replaced by Dallas Flowers or does he end up, you know, being maybe the number one corner on this whole team going forward? Who, who knows at this point, but that's going to be the interesting aspect of this. And it's for the entire secondary is, you know, who's going to be the guy that steps up in this? Because unfortunately, we had a player get himself into trouble and other guys are leaving the team. So now the, the young guns have to step up and do something. I tell you, man,
1: it is such a young secondary, which is why it's so fascinating. It's like, there's all these guys that are like, they have so many traits, but like, there's so much unprovenness, which is, it's scary, but it's great for a guy like Darius Rush, who has a great opportunity here. Um, I mean, we all, We thought and a lot of people thought he was maybe one of the steals of the draft. And so the fact that he now has a chance here to start from day one, let's say, don't be surprised if you look at this cold secondary. And outside of Kenny Moore, it's all rookies. Like, don't be surprised at all. Because I think that's a really likely scenario um, with him and Juju Brent. So uh, Darius Rush makes the list as well. I mean, also just because, like you talked about, Everybody's talking about Juju Brent. Nobody's really talking about Darius Rush. And I think he has a great chance here with how inexperienced the secondary is. I mean, the guys he's going to be facing, talked about it Tony Brown, Dallas Flowers, those type of guys almost threw Dallas Flowers on here as well. But I think Darius Rush just makes it because of a little bit more of a pedigree, if you will, um, than Dallas Flowers. So. Darius Rush makes the list here. Let's move into the linebacker room. Let's talk about another guy, EJ Speed, who the Colts brought back. They re-signed. The guy that's really been in a reserve role, Derek, ever since he was drafted um, in 2019 in the fifth round. He's kind of been a reserve special teams guy. But EJ Speed, I think, showed you a little bit last year with Shaquille Leonard going down, You know, had some injuries, and obviously you still had Bobby Okereke. So his role was kind of what it's going to be this year, more of that third linebacker in this scheme. But, but Derek, I mean, now with Bobby leaving in free agency, I mean, the opportunity is there. If, if if Shaquille is still not fully there, now we all expect him to be, but if he still has issue issues, it could be a real quick scenario here, Derek, where EJ Speed has a big-time role in this linebacker room. Talk to me about him and kind of potentially his impact on this defense.
2: Also, by the way, if anyone hears – the scratching slash whining coming from my door right over here. My dog is trying to get in here and he's upset that I'm in here and not outside playing with him right now. So that's why uh, if you hear it, then I apologize on my end. Good old but, Cole. Um, but anyway, EJ Speed, again, I've been talking about EJ Speed. EJ Speed is a guy that like, I mean, ever since that Cardinals game, from 2021 when he led the team in tackles that game and had to fill in for Shaq Leonard who had uh COVID at that time. And I don't know who else was out, but like everybody. Um, yeah. But then, you know, everybody else was dealing with it. I just was seeing it. And I was like, dude, we, uh, we got a sleeper linebacker here on our hands. Cause this guy, has all the intangibles to be an amazing linebacker in this league. I mean, he is athletically gifted, body frame unlike most linebackers in the league. I mean, he's got the athleticism of a Fred Warner. There's not a lot of guys that are 6'5", 240 pounds that can move the way that he does. So, I mean, it's phenomenal what he is, and I've seen it time and time again that in times when he needs to step up and he needs to play – he, he makes plays and not only does it on the defensive side, but he does it on special teams too. I mean, hell, he even had two touchdowns last year in special teams. So, I mean, this is a guy that can score in so many different ways and he contributes to this team in a multitude of different uh, areas on the football field. So, And on top of it, you got him for $4 million a year. So, I mean, this was a phenomenal deal that the Colts got in EJ Speed. And like you said, with Shaq Leonard potentially coming back and Zaire Franklin being there and you lost Bobby O'Karrake in free agency, I mean, you need to have that third linebacker secured. And EJ Speed's going to get a lot more time on the defensive side of the ball this year, especially if Shaq Leonard has further complications with his legs. We don't know how he's going to do with his back. We don't know how that ankle's going to do. We don't aren't 100% sure of it. We're expecting Shaq Leonard to be back and ready to go by the season start, but at the end of the day, you don't know how he's going to respond. Zaire Franklin, I'm not worried about. Zaire Franklin had a phenomenal year last year. Zaire Franklin's going to be the, the centerpiece going forward, but right now, I mean, you still need that third linebacker, even if that's not the scheme that the Colts run very often. You still need to have that guy in there. And having a guy like EJ Speed is really going to be one of the most underappreciated aspects of this defense.
1: Right. You never know. You're just an injury away from that guy being extremely important. So definitely going to be a critical role there for EJ Speed um so he's a guy that definitely we just des- deserves to be talked about i think he should be probably on the list the last couple of years if he wasn't last year i don't know why we didn't put him on the list we probably did uh, but he's a guy that definitely deserves it for all those reasons you mentioned now here's another guy derek that's very interesting i think he's on the brink of a breakout year um from what we've all what we saw last year die Dangbo. I truly believe Derek, um, he has a great chance here this year to really prove himself in this defensive line room. I mean, the dude really had, you know, a redshirt year in terms of that injury, you know, and really was never fully himself. You know, had the full had the offseason last year, and really like this is his, you know. I guess second full off season. So essentially his second year in the league, fully healthy. And it we saw those glimpses last year. You know, I really feel like last year you could kind of chalk it up to almost being like a pseudo rookie year for him just because, you know, he finally had the full off season and stuff like that. And he really started to show something down the stretch. I mean, he was really a force to be reckoned with. And, you know, he's just like, you know, some of these other guys on the list, he's got all the traits. He's so long. He's so big. He's so athletic. And I think he has a chance here to really, in this Gus Bradley system, that really helps defensive linemen out. He has a great opportunity here to really cement himself as, you know, a key part of this defense. And so, you know, obviously there's pressure on a guy like Quiddy Pay as well to deliver, but Dio has a great chance here. And I think a guy that maybe we don't think about when you think about the defensive room, because you already got a couple other guys, um, you know, you brought Sansa Mabukum over in free agency. You still have Quidi Pay. Um, but Dio Dangbo is a guy that's kind of a wild card and I think has a great chance here. If he can build off of the the strong uh, couple games that he had last year, I think he has a chance here to be a really big force in this defensive line room.
0: We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
2: Yeah, I mean, this is the you know it. There needs to be a turning point for you know Dio, right? I mean, you and I, you and I had the reactions. We did our reactions in twenty twenty one when the Colts got both Dio Adangbo and Quiddy Pay, right? First guys and second guys, and talking about which of these guys is going to make a bigger impact down the road. Well, so far, you know, Quiddy has just been unable to do much from an impact role simply because he's just been off the field for much uh, for too much of it. I mean, Dio technically is really only, you know, about to be into, you know, what is it now? You know, only be his third, like re- or second, like real season uh, going into it now. So, you know, it's, there's not been a lot of time for Dio to get acquainted with everything more than Quiddy Pay has it's because of the injury he came into the NFL with. And, you know, Dio has that ability now, but we just need to actually see him put it together because, you know, he shows flashes, but there's times when, you know, we the stats that he has just doesn't really back up, you know, the potential hype of this kid. So hopefully there's more to it because, again, he, like what I was talking about with EJ Speed, I mean, there's just not... there. Is no defensive end, maybe outside of Miles Garrett, that has a body frame like Dio Dango. Like, I mean, it's just it's just not human, just the way that he looks on the outside edge. And you would think that if he gained a little bit more skill and knowledge of how to beat some of these guys, that he would be able to do a, be a lot better than what he is. So hopefully you know, we get to learn more about him this year. You know, there's more, there's a potential for an open spot here on the edge, but you know, the Colts keep bringing in these edge guys and I know they like to bring in competition for that specific spot, but you know, Dio, Dio is a guy that needs to be, you know, someone that steps up because, you know, Abukum's coming in, Quiddy Pay still there, your guys on the inside with DeForest Buckner and Grover Stewart, they're not going anywhere, so, you know, Dio is going to have to uh, be a sleeper and fulfill that role a little better, or else, you know, his time in Indy could be coming up shortly.
1: He has a great chance here to to really make a name for himself. I'm really excited about him. Um, yeah, and if Quiddy can't stay healthy, then that, that spot could easily become available pretty soon. So, yeah, Dio in his second full season, really excited to see what he can do in – Technically, year number three for him, but we really think it's year number two for him. So he's going to do hopefully great things and is going to just continue to build, you know, after that really like great end to the season for him. And speaking of great ends to the season, I really felt like Zach Moss had uh, a really underrated, you know, couple games there at the end of the year. I know they weren't facing the greatest run defenses ever, but, you know, with how in shambles this Colts offense was last year, Derek, I mean, My goodness. Zach Moss really, I think flew under the radar with what he was able to do in a couple hundred yard games, a couple games where he was near a hundred yards and he was really the only semblance of offense that the Colts had at the end of the year. Um, So I felt like personally, he proved to me that he could be the RB two moving forward. And, you know, I think, we all we both agree, and I think a lot of people agree that it would be probably wise for the Colts to based off of JT and kind of the injury he had last year and for the longevity longevity of him, it would be good to get more snaps off of his plate, right? And to give a guy like Zach Moss more of it. So like he may not be a guy that's gonna get a ton of run. But he might be a guy that could play a pretty decent role in this offense and maybe a guy we're not talking about. And we just kind of forget and we kind of lump in with how bad the team was last year on offense. We kind of forget about him. But I think Zach Moss is a great opportunity. He proved um, you know, in the time he had that he could be you know, a guy that can you know, play some decent games for you. I think he has a chance here, Derek, to have a pretty decent impact as RB2.
2: Yeah. I mean, that's the, that's what we were trying to get at, right? We want to find the guys that are going to fulfill the spot right behind Jonathan Taylor. And, you know, we've been looking for that guy. Who can be the guy that can consistently take, you know, a few reps away from Jonathan Taylor, every game to try to conserve Jonathan Taylor for the down the road in the season, you know, when the games actually matter, uh, And it's very important because, you know, we see what is happening with Derrick Henry and some of these other guys. I mean, it needs to happen, and especially what we just saw with Jonathan Taylor having that surgery. You know, how does a guy like, you know, Jonathan Taylor respond to that? So, and Zach Moss, like you said, I mean, at the end of the year, when the team was just doing nothing, really. I mean, he was still running for over 100 yards per game in the last three games. So, I mean, regardless of whether or not you think that the Colts were trying or not, I mean, Zach Moss was, <laughs> if the team certainly wasn't trying, then that makes it even more amazing that Zach Moss was able to still run for 100-plus yards in every game if the team was not trying. So, I mean, it's it's good that you have a guy like Zach Moss who. You know, never really found his place in Buffalo because the way that they ran their offense was never designed to be around running the football. But now Zach Moss, who plays the game a lot like a Jonathan Taylor, who's that a guy that doesn't have the top end speed, but is a guy that you know can be the bully uh, to run over some people and wear a defense down. That's the kind of guy that you get in a Zach Moss. And that's great for some for uh, specific teams, you know. If you're trying to get somebody that can take some reps uh, once you're getting closer to the end zone, you know that would be great for Indy going forward. And we know Shane Steichen loves to use multiple running backs in a multitude of different ways and schemes. So I don't think there's any chance that uh, that we don't see more of Zach Moss this year under Shane Steichen.
1: Yeah, and we already know, like you know, the eagle. Like we saw what the Eagles were able to do. Like they like to use their running backs in different ways. Like Shane Steichen like to use, you know, all the different guys. And so Zach Moss is definitely going to have a role in this team. It'll be interesting to see how Steichen kind of uses that. Because you're right, he's a little bit of a bigger back. I would argue I'd push back on the Jonathan Taylor. Not having top speed, I think he clearly does. He he can do anything. But Zach Moss, I I think you're right. Like he doesn't have that top speed, but he's a little bit of a bigger back or that power guy. I think maybe that's kind of what you need a little bit, you know. Um, and you got already obviously got Evan Hall. Who you drafted? Who's more of that? You know, receiving back. So um, it'll be interesting to see where Zach Moss's role is in this offense. He's more of a goal line back. Like, what does that look like? So he's definitely a guy, though. Don't sleep on. I think he has a great opportunity to do some things in this offense with Shane Steichen. Um, all right, let's move on now to another guy. Um, who I felt like last year, Derek, when he was targeted. He made the most of his opportunities, but that was the issue. He, as long with a lot of players that we could talk about, weren't targeted enough. And that's Kylan Grantson. You know, he's more of that guy that's gonna be that receiving threat, right? We talk all the time about Jelani Woods, how we think he's gonna have a breakout not year number two. But Kylan Grantson, I think sneakily, and I say that because like, you know, just kind of like with Zach Moss, like because of the how in shambles the Colts offense was and how it was really just in disarray altogether. Kylan Granson doesn't really get talked about, but I thought he had a solid season. Nothing spectacular. The stats won't blow you away, but I think he's a guy that, if given the right opportunity and the right targets, could be a solid, you know, kind of compliment to Jelani Woods. And so I think he can can have a really good role in this offense with Anthony Richardson or whoever the quarterback is, um, and just the ways that similar... To how Shane Sykin did that with running backs, we see what he did with the tight ends in Philadelphia, and so I think I think definitely uh Kylin Grantson has a good opportunity here, and I'll be intrigued to see how they use him because we already know how good he is and the yak and and all that stuff more that vertical threat tight end so um intrigued with him and nobody talks about him, but I think he has a great chance here. What are your thoughts?
2: I mean you may not. I mean, some people don't like Kylan Granson. You know, some people have even said that they don't think Kylan Granson even makes it off, uh, makes it through the roster, which is crazy to me to think that somebody would think that Kylan Granson doesn't make it through this. Uh, I'd find it hard to believe. You know, a guy like Kylan Granson who has the ability to make all these catches is going to fall to the fourth or fifth tight end on this roster. I know that we have a lot of great tight ends, uh, specifically young ones, but Kylan Granson is still one of those guys that in a Shane Steichen offense is a very unique piece when it comes to that. I mean, some people don't want to admit it, but last year, I mean, there were times when Kylan Granson for what it was worth was the best receiver on the entire football field for the Indianapolis Colts multiple weeks. I mean, there were multiple weeks where, you know, he had, you know, those four catches for 50, 60 yards and were making those catches down the field uh, and moving the chains, you know, like that, that sort of thing. And, you know, the game last year, even though the Colts offense was terrible, I mean, it it felt more comfortable for Kylen Granson last year, who felt like in his second year he was getting his wind a little more, uh, and was getting it down a little bit easier. Um, hopefully, you know that is a good sign going forward that he's becoming more comfortable with the game of football and uh, in the NFL. And then it's be it would be awesome if. You know, Shane Steichen, who knows how to get guys open. I mean, Granson shows you, man, he knows how to get open. He knows how to run good routes. He's got a he's great at route running. He improved his catching uh ability. He his drop percentage dropped literally by like three percent from his rookie year to his second year. So I mean, it was it was amazing. Uh by how much it actually he actually went from dropping so much in his rookie year to second year, he had twice the amount of catches and he was he dropped the ball only half as much. So it's great that you know Granson improved in a lot of different ways and was making a lot of great plays. It's Steichen knows how to use tight ends in his system and knows how to get guys open. And I know that uh, nobody else is talking about him but Kylan Granson a hundred percent is a sleeper going into this season with Shane Steichen as the offensive guy.
1: Yep. Absolutely. Uh, one last guy we want to talk about here, uh, who I really think is a sleeper as well. Um, and a guy that I was excited the Colts got, I wasn't overwhelmingly like, Oh my gosh, this guy's going to be like incredible. What I thought it was a solid addition, especially with the loss of Paris Campbell. And that is Isaiah McKenzie. And now, obviously, with the Josh Downs draft, um, him being drafted, who knows what McKenzie's role is going to be exactly? You know, he could be the number three to start, or he could be the number four. But I think Derek, he offers you a unique skill set that maybe you didn't really have last year in a lot of ways. And that's, you know, the separation. You know, the Colts really struggled last year in a lot of ways in the receivers with Pittman and Pierce to get that separation. Like they were one of the lowest duos in the NFL last year in doing that. And so um I think that getting a guy like McKenzie, who is very shifty, you know, is a little bit smaller than a guy like Paris Campbell was last year. But he's very shifty. You get the ball in his hands. He can do some things. He's coming off of a career year in Buffalo when he got more of an extended role. And I think he has a chance here, Derek, to 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 be kind of that solid three, solid four wide receiver. And also I think he's gonna contribute a lot on special teams especially now, obviously, with the Isaiah Rogers situation. I think he has a good opportunity to do that as well. So I think Isaiah McKenzie is going to have an impact on this team. Now, what is that going to be exactly? I'm not entirely sure, but uh, I'm excited to kind of see what kind of role Shane Steichen has for him because so I think he could definitely do a lot of cool things for the Colts in just the ways that, he, that he's going to be utilized in this offense. So what do you think about Isaiah McKenzie here?
2: Well, like you said, with McKenzie's role, it's going to be really different this year. And obviously now with Isaiah Rogers now potentially being out of the picture, you know, that now leaves special teams open for some possibilities for Isaiah McKenzie. We know he's no stranger to that. So that kind of that kind of thing might open up now more for the Indianapolis Colts for him. And. Who knows how much his offensive role is going to be. You have guys like Pittman and Pierce and Downs. It will be very interesting to see how his offensive role is. But I do think that there are some people who think that he won't touch the ball at all. Which I think is strange. Because I think he provides you with a much better skill set than Ashton Doolin. I know that McKenzie and Doolin are almost practically the same kind of guy, but McKenzie is definitely a better route runner and and definitely smaller. So, and you know, he provides a different aspect to the offensive game, uh, but they're both like, they're both gadget players. So you kind of fill that role of what Paris Campbell was last year. Again, it's all just going to come down to how does Shane Steichen want to use him? And I mean, it, it could be a great disguise as well. For, uh, you know, plays like that, because now if you have Isaiah McKenzie uh, motioning into the backfield and motioning out of the backfield and then having Jonathan Taylor and Anthony Richardson as well, you know, if you see some kind of like triple RPO option type stuff going on. With this team. I mean, that could be a skill set that Isaiah McKenzie could drastically be used for because then you just imagine the speed of all of that. I mean, that's very difficult for, I mean, you can game plan for that all you want, but at the end of the day, if you're not quick to, if you don't, if you stop for a second to think what you're going to do, then something's going to happen before you know, it, before you know it. I mean, it almost makes me think that they should just be running some, like... Uh, you know how Georgia Tech uh, runs the triple uh option stuff in college still, you know, and how nobody can realistically stop it because just nobody else runs it. Like nobody knows how to actually stop it. Well, I mean, that could be that could somewhat be a model for this Indianapolis Colts team going forward. Cause you literally have uh all these different guys with all this speed and power uh and an offensive line that has been known in the past to, you know, maul people. I mean, that's where they're best at is, you know, pushing people up front through the rush uh, attack. So, I mean, that could be very interesting to see what, uh, if, if McKenzie is in that kind of role on the offense too.
1: Yeah, absolutely. It, it will definitely be interesting. Um, but guys, that is kind of our thoughts on some sleeper players for the Indianapolis Colts. Let us know your thoughts overall um, regarding these sleeper players. Are there any other players maybe that you would have put on this list or not not had on this list that maybe we did or we didn't? Just let us know all those things. But that will do it for this one, guys. Thank you so much for tuning in and all your support. We have more content coming very soon we're really excited about, and training camp is almost here. We're getting there um, with every passing day, so we're excited about that. Hopefully we'll have an opportunity to go back down to training camp again. It was a great chance last year. So thanks, guys, for tuning in. Appreciate it. And as always, go Colts.